Welcome to First 100K, the show where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, digging deep to find the tools, tactics, and superpowers that you can use to go from A to 100K. I'm your host, your friend, your coach, Joseph Warren. I'm also the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, where I have the privilege of helping uh, hundreds of entrepreneurs to start, launch, and grow their businesses. And today, our fearless guest is, is fearless entrepreneur, Alex Rodriguez. And Alex is the owner, director of Yummy, which is, I just love that name, dude. You did so well. <laughs> Um, a tasty digital marketing company that helps successful companies to transform their brand and attract more business. He's also a published author, and he's going to be speaking about his new book today. Um, he's a he's a professional paid speaker, and he's the consult and a consultant in digital marketing, and I would say a world class consultant. So Alex, welcome to the show. Please fill in uh, the gaps. Take a few minutes to fill in the gaps in that intro. Well, thank you, Joe, uh, over anything for inviting me to the show. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to connect with you, to know you personally, and uh, to be here to share a little bit about my story and my background. I'd, I'd, uh, my hope would be for my story to be uh, just supportive and inspiring to, to others. It would be mean the world for me. Um, the, probably the only thing that might be obvious by my name, but it's, uh, it might be good for people to know is that I am 100% bicultural. Um, in my household, I speak uh, Spanish with my wife and my kids. I grew up in the Dominican Republic. Uh, my parents are Dominican. My wife is Dominican. I was born here in the United States. So I weave the wave into, in between both cultures on a daily basis. And it's a big part of who I am and, uh, and who I love to connect with. I love, I love that. I think it's fantastic. And I'd like to uh, ask you to go ahead and say a brief introduction um, and 60 seconds to our Spanish listening audience right now. I'd love to. Bueno, mucho gusto. Estoy encantado de estar aquí en el programa de Joe, que es uh, los 100,000, los primeros 100,000. Y estoy siempre dispuesto a conectar con más personas de habla hispana. Fantastic. You know, I caught all of that, right? <laughs> okay, cool, Alex. So are you ready to serve up some value to our amazing listeners right now? I would love to. Okay, great. So take a minute and share with us something personal that very few people in your business life know about you. Something personal is, uh, well, one of the things is that I come from a creative background. I am a musician. I've been playing uh, the piano for over 25 years of my life. Um, music is a huge part of who I am, both personally and professionally, even though what I do for professionally has nothing to do with music, but music informs the discipline, the education, the preparation and the output that I try to serve up in, in what I do for business, where, whether it's digital campaigns, branding or whatnot. But um, I love everything from Latin jazz, traditional jazz, swing, uh, and even classical music as well. One of the ways that I wind down at home and I drive my wife crazy is that uh, I play Bach and I play Chopin on the piano, but I do it again and again because I want to perfect my trade. And again, it's all about that discipline and how we approach life and business. Uh, I, I feed a lot from being a musician. I like that. And I, I would say you're making your wife into a saint. 
All right, cool. Let's get down to business. Our audience always loves to know how much revenue did your business gross last year in the last 12 months approximately? Well, we're in the 200 to 300,000 range right now, which is not, it's probably above average for a, a lesser than four year company, uh, completely bootstrapped with no outside investment. Um, so, um, and the most, the most important thing is that it's highly profitable. So it's not only about what you bring in, but also what you keep, uh, because we keep our costs very, very moderate and we try to be quick and efficient and everything like that. So that's, that's where we've been. Yeah, that's fantastic to keep your, your startup lean, uh, is essential, right? That's the same as adding profit, right? Absolutely. Is to minimize your expenses. So what are you on track to gross this year over the next 12 months? Uh, we're on track to reach 400, 450K uh, nice. for this year. Um, so that's about a, what, 70%, 80% increase? Increase, yeah. Yeah, this year has been huge. We've, um, well, I'll talk more in depth about that, about what I did to get there. But uh, this, this year has been amazing. Love it, love it. Okay, so... You know, Alex, we all love to hear the wisdom of mega millionaires and billionaires, right? Because it's really cool to hear, man, someday I'm going to be there. But here's the problem. We don't really relate with them. We don't connect with them because they're so far up here. We're down here, right? Because the reality is 90% of entrepreneurs are struggling to make their first 100K. And that's they're pretending, right? Online, it's all about, you know, only showing the highlights of your life, right? On social media, but not the struggle, not the realness, the rawness. So that's what this show is all about. So I'd like you to take us back to when you were struggling to make that first $100,000 in this business with Yummy and mm -hmm. tell us that story, paint us a vivid picture, go. Yeah, excellent. So I founded the company after being kicked out of my last position, which is, I think it would be refreshing for people to know because uh, when I was in full-time employee mode, um, it was sort of like you were a pariah or you were uh, an undesired being if you were ever fired from a company. When I became an entrepreneur, everyone I met was like, oh, you're just one of us. That's cool. You got fired. That's fine. <laughs> um, which, is, which is refreshing because in the entrepreneurial world, you're not judged by the same standards as in the employee full-time world. It's a, it's a complete different ball game. Uh, obviously there are ethical things that do apply, but um, the, whether you're in good standing with your boss or things like that, you're on your own, you're your boss. So at this point, what really matters is, are you doing good work out there? Are you accountable to others, et cetera? So what I did uh, founding yummy, I started the company, with the idea, it's a, it's a different idea than what, how we define ourselves today. Uh, today, we define ourselves as a creative digital firm, and we're focused a lot on the consultative, consultative approach. But at the beginning, when we found it, I based it entirely on what was my immediate and my most longstanding experience, which was creative services. So... Uh, started the company very lean, very, you know, very small, looking out for referrals and people who I could connect. I was under a two-year uh, non-competition, so I could not really contact anybody that I had been doing uh, business with uh, through my previous employer, uh, which I respected all throughout the term. There was no issue with that. But what I did was I reached out to other associates that I had, I had been worked 
I had worked with either freelance or, uh, or I had worked with through the company, but they were no longer working through that previous employee. So I, I was able to generate a living by doing that. However, I said, you know, I have to boost this a little bit further. So what I did was I developed this method, which probably no longer works today, but back then, this is about four, five, four and a half years ago, uh, of looking for people on Twitter that were looking for the type of services that I could offer. So I basically developed some search queries um, on Twitter, uh, looking for looking for help and this, this and that for people looking for the services that I could help with. Uh, it was highly effective back then because in fact, one contact, I, I met many, many different uh, opportunities and things like that, but one in particular was a lady in London of all places. And I was here in the United States. So she was in London uh, desperate in a rainy London day, as it turns out, she was leaving her taxi or hopping onto a taxi, leaving her office very late at night, desperate because she had a hard deadline and couldn't find anybody to meet it. So she resorted to Twitter. She tweeted out out of desperation. I'm looking for help on this and that. And out of, out of the whole globe, because it's a public media, out of the whole planet, me here in my little bootstrapped office, I was the only one who responded to that query. We made a great connection. She immediately, I, I was at the gym when I saw her response to my tweet and she was like, let's talk, let's get on Skype tomorrow. We got on Skype the next day. Uh, she was working at an agency, a large agency in London, and they gave us a huge project. And this was a five figure project. Um, uh, actually, it, it, it started when then we did a secondary project, a third uh, project. But the thing just blew out and it was just a, a lesson in uh, being at the right moment in the right place and equipped in the right manner. Because one of the things that I had to turn up was samples of my work. And if I hadn't had that handy, when that lady was hopping into her taxi, when she was leaving her office late on a rainy night, um, I would have been scrambling. So it was all about being prepared and reaching out and being in the right moment in the right time. Um, and I think it was also about taking action and responding while you're at the gym. Oh, yeah. You could have easily made an excuse and be like, I'll get to this tomorrow. Yeah, like, this I'll get my time. Yeah. Well, I, I was hard set from the very beginning of the company to work at a worldwide level. And when you're working at a worldwide level, um, hours of operation, things just get really blurry because you never know if you're going to be sending an email to somebody in Australia who's just waking up when you're going to bed. And what are you gonna, how are you going to show up on a worldwide level when, uh, when, when, things, when you're just working in a U.S. kind of you know, uh, um, hours of operation kind of mode? So, yeah. so I was uh, set on doing this, and this is why I, I just responded to her. We set a time for the Got next it. day, and we just did, went ahead. So this kind of launched your, your business, launched your firm. Is that correct? Absolutely. This so, so this project was very, very uh, large. I actually had to bring in contractors to make sure that I met it in a timely manner, even though the majority of production we, I could do myself. Um, and I didn't have any staff. I was solopreneur at that moment, but I brought in a contractor. We got it done. And, uh, and that's why we got, how we got to 100 K in our very first year. That's so cool. So startup nation, as you're listening to Alex right now, share how he launched his marketing firm yummy, uh, with one client, you know, answering an inquiry on Twitter, um, at the gym while he's at the gym you know, probably in the evening or something like that. And he, he responds back. He's the only person on planet earth that responds to this query from a very large company in London. That's 
has pain, right? And he's got the aspirin. He's going to get rid of their headache, so to speak, right? And that launches his company. And I'm sure there was fear. I'm sure there was hesitation. Can I do this? This is huge. I don't have the people. I don't have the... You had 52 reasons why not to move forward, didn't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you did it anyway. So Startup Nation, I want you to hear what Alex is saying, right? His success came from that defining moment when he looked fear in the face and said, get the F out of my way. Right. He's like, this is, this is it. This is the, the shot. And he didn't look at what he didn't have. He looked at where he was going and then figured out how to get there. Right. So that's a huge point. Isn't that a huge point? What do you want to add to it? Well, that's, that's a huge point uh, that you often in those positions, when you're frail, you're starting out, you look at what am I not? I'm not this. I don't have a brand. I don't have a huge company. I don't have a huge staff. And then you, you refuse to make decisions based on what you don't have instead of making decisions based on what you do have. Now, what I did have at that moment, I had the credibility. I had the years of experience. I had a great, fantastic portfolio. I had all of these things, but like you mentioned, Sometimes we let ourselves be driven by the things that we perceive that we lack and we just bury the things that we already have that are so valuable to people on the other side of the planet or in another country. But, uh, but yes, I agree. We, we do limit ourselves in that manner. Yeah. If we were to break it down, like into just a numeric kind of like equation here, not equation, but um, like if you had 99 things that you needed out of a hundred that are required, would that stop you? Exactly. No, no it wouldn't. Right. When no. you look at, shoot, I have 99 of the things I need. Just one thing. Okay. Let me talk my way through this. Let me get a yes. Let me, I'll get the one thing. Yep. But so many times we focus as entrepreneurs on the one thing, on mm-hmm. that one thing that you don't have instead of highlighting and, and speaking about the 99 things you got going for you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you may say, well, Joseph, I don't have 99 things going for me. I got one thing going for me. Well, what's the one thing? Maybe it's you're more driven than everyone else in your industry. You will put in the time, the hours. You will work harder than everyone around you. Mm-hmm. Man, that one thing, that's like superpower, right? That's, that's leverage over everybody because 99% of the people won't do that one thing, right? Yep. Anything Absolutely. Yes, I would like to add that the majority of what people looking for services, looking for solutions out there are actually requiring are immaterial aspects. So people care less about the brand that you carry and about how many people you have on payroll. They care more about your credibility. They care more about what are your ethics? What, what is the real reason you're doing what you're doing? They care more about those things than the things that we put so much weight on. And the good news here is that the immaterial aspects are things that you just have to abide by. You just have to um, stick to a high standard in business ethics and show up in that manner and boom, you have it. You have the, the the, the most important thing that people are looking for out there. I love it. 
Yeah, sometimes it's the intangible things that people want most, right? Like most. character, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, integrity. Yep. Um, by the way, I, I just want to acknowledge you for uh, keeping your brand visible behind your head <laughs> and tilting your head. I'm guessing that's intentional because you've been doing it since we started. And I'm like, man, this guy knows how to brand. Man. It. So well it is done, not Alex. by accident. <laughs> he's kind of like, he's like this. You know, now I'm thinking, man, I should have my logo right here. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, what the heck, man? Why are you, why are you showing me up, Alex? Okay. So um, describe to us the biggest fail you had uh, before making your first 100K? What was like that big mistake in your mind that you were like, man, why did I go there? Why did I do that? Mm, I would say that the biggest mistake in my business was that I did not um, structure the business appropriately in terms of the business classification. So I know you're speaking to a worldwide audience, but here in the United States, you have like S Corp, C Corp, LLC, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so um, I was just eager to start the company and I started with the wrong classification. Now, I don't intend to give tax advice or anything like that here. So I won't go into details so people don't get derailed. But the point is you need to consult with somebody. You need to consult with a tax professional to make sure that whatever you make, you end up keeping. Because in my first year, I paid five figures in tax because I wasn't structured properly. And this was a huge mistake that I had to carry on for years, literally for years, uh, because I didn't, I didn't structure it appropriately. So unfortunately, hmm. um, uh, what we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation, it's not so much about what you make, it's about what you keep. And uh, tax is definitely a high priority in any type of business. You cannot discount that. And unfortunately, many people, when we start our business, we're eager to start and we're eager to start billing and sending invoices and cashing checks. But um, it's, an, it's a mistake. You need to consult with a professional. I get that. Good advice. So we all have fears when we get going, right? We have like tons of fears and we normally listen to them more than we listen to like experts. Um, what was the, the biggest fear for you, Alex, holding you back from getting over that first 100K hurdle? Um, I think the biggest fear is the fear of scarcity. Uh, for me, it's... Uh, How do you mean probably, that? Uh, what I mean is, you know, you, you start spending on certain things, you see your bank account sliding down, and you start feeling emotional about that little number that shows up on your bank statement or your, or your account when you log in and things like that. Um, being driven by emotion uh, for money matters is the wrong thing to do. You need to approach money uh, and finances in an intellectual manner at all times. And this includes, by the way, when you get a huge paycheck, you get a huge project, you're, you, know, you get a huge invoice paid, don't blind yourself in feeling that you're on the top of the world at that point. Because what that's gonna cause you is cloud your judgment and then start, start paying. So I, I think my biggest fear was uh, when I, you know, I saw those numbers, I was afraid of even looking at my statement, looking at money and letting my life and my decisions be driven by those type of things. Um, that, what, what that caused is that uh, I did not make the right investments at the right moment in my first year. So for example, in a very concrete manner, um, we had this huge project, we, our bank account was healthy, everything was great. But what I needed to do back then was put in place a system for business development. 
and I did not do it. I didn't invest in that because I felt like I didn't want to spend that money because who knows when I'm going to get another big project. And I was just being driven by the fear rather than by the opportunity. Because once you have a huge cash windfall, that's your opportunity to say, let's reinvest into the company to grow uh, and, and just scale our operations and make sure we get other opportunities like this. I did not think that, that way. And, um, and I think that's something that I've been uh, disciplining myself from there on to now to really look at, at money matters in a more intellectual fashion and really see, you know, which are those opportunities uh, where I can reinvest into the company. Got it. You know, it's interesting hearing you say that. It's like what's showing up for me, it sounds so obvious. It's like, and, and that's how life shows up for us, right? When you're in the mess, you can't see the object, you lose objectivity, right? And you get emotionally attached and all these things. But like, it makes total logical sense. It's like, if Startup Nation, if you just got a windfall, like Alex says, you got that big check, that big client, and you just got paid handsomely, take the money and reinvest it into making more revenue. Reinvest it into your front end, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's a long-term play. It just makes sense. Why would you like not invest into what's going to bring you more revenue so that you can sustain the, the value that you're adding, the, the contribution in the world? Mm -hmm. Like, why do you want to struggle next month if you just struggled last month? Exactly. And invest into systems that will make you struggle less, and then exactly. less and then less. And before you know it, marketing is no longer a struggle. It's effortless. Absolutely. And clients are just coming to you. Fantastic. Uh, let me ask you this. What would you say was like the biggest aha moment year one for you? Hmm. The biggest aha moment. Um, I can, I can probably think of two or three. The one that comes to mind right now is that, um, I realized that the reactions that I would get out of, you know, the first initial meetings and things like that was a direct result of how I showed up. If I showed up without confidence, if I showed up without, you know, just really in a subservient manner and just waiting for people to grant me their project, then that was going to be the result that I was going to get out of those meetings. However, when I showed up, and I, I realized this fairly quickly, when I showed up in a credible manner, in an authoritative manner, and I showed up with a, a true authentic desire to help the other person, then the reaction was kind of like the meme goes, take my money. You know, I want you to help me. You're the type of person that we need because a person that wanted to open that conversation was precisely uh, looking for somebody to take care of them, you know, somebody to care for their needs and for their problems. And when you're in that situation, when a client is in that situation where they're looking for somebody to care for them, the, the, the worst thing that can happen is to find somebody that has no confidence in themselves mm. because that's only going to give them more concern that, oh, you know, you're going to waste all my time. You're going to want, you know, 10,000 meetings for me to tell you what to do. That's not what they're looking for. So my biggest aha moment was to get in the right frame of mind from the very first meeting and let them know you are in good hands if we close this business and we, we start moving forward. That's awesome advice. So Startup Nation, listen to these value explosions that Alex is dropping right now. Now, Alex, how did you get into that frame of mind before you went into a meeting? Was it some kind of like ritual you would do or a mantra? Like, how did you do it? 
I, I, I don't know. I think it was very simple for me. It was just a matter of um, realizing that this is a non-negotiable for me. Uh, I was either going to show up weak or I was going to show up authoritatively. Now, I think the biggest struggle that people have, and I have struggled with this in the past, is this struggle against ego. And it's like, if I show up authoritatively, am I going to seem arrogant? Am I going to seem like, you know, like a know-it-all? Am I going to seem this or that? And I've struggled with that a lot myself because um, I, you know, internally I struggle with ego. I, you know, I, I struggle with all types of things, you know, am I thinking too much of myself and, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, but in the external sense, I always would like to show up as a, as a humble person, as a, as a person that is willing and set to help other people in an honest fashion, whether I gain from that or not, I don't care. I just want to see others succeed and I want to show up that way. But then there's an internal external struggle uh, uh, that you have to deal with. So uh, one, you know, the, the, the thing that kind of snapped me into the right mindset was, listen, I, I knew I either showed up as, as weak or I showed up as strong, but strong without the part of arrogance, without the, you know, anything to do with, you know, overpowering the other person. Because at the end of the day, the person I was speaking to, they were the hero of the story, the story of business. I wasn't the hero. I wanted to make them the hero. I just wanted to be the support for the hero. You know, it's like the, I'm the C3PO or I'm the, uh, the, uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi. They're Luke Skywalker, you know? I just want to make them the hero. So I had to show up in an authoritative manner, but not to overpower who I was speaking to or talk about all my, you know, my accomplishments or anything like that. Um, and I think it was just a matter of realizing that, that that's what works. I get that, right? So imagine if Yoda showed up really weak and <laughs> without confidence, you'd be like, Yoda who? Like, <laughs> I'm not listening to this little green dude, yeah. but he shows up with wisdom and a poise, a confidence, not mm -hmm. an ego, exactly. but a confidence, right? And you as a small business owner, Startup Nation, you can do the same, right? Alex, he's learned to do it. He wrestles with the same thing you wrestle with. I wrestle with that whole ego thing, showing up like a know-it-all because I knew it, right? And it's like, I could back it up, but how do we occur to others really? Cause that's what it ma What matters more is, you know, what does the client see when you walk in the room and you could come in with the best portfolio in the world, the best skill set in the world. But if you can't speak confidently about it, nobody wants to hire a lack of confidence. Do you? Yep. Nobody wants that. Right. We want to hire confident people who know what they're doing period. Absolutely. And then show me how to get where I want to go. Mm -hmm. That's it. And that's our role in it, isn't it, Alex? Yes. And the only thing I would add to that is that in that confidence, you always have to show that empathy, that you're willing yeah. to step out of your own shoes, out of your own head and understand the problem that your client is dealing with in a deep manner, not just a superficial manner. And, and what I call superficial is... Um, here's, here's my products, here are my services, you know, buy this, buy that. That's a superficial solution approach. You need to understand to a point where you are set to say things like, we're not the right fit for you. That's an empathic approach uh, as well. Or to say, you came to me for this service, but what I actually recommend is to, for you to start with this. And it could be a, lowing, a, a lower uh, uh, value, yeah, lower ticket approach 
but it's more uh, more fit for them. Uh, it's a better fit for them. It's a better approach, better decision for them to make at this point in their business or their life if you're a coach or something like that. I get that. So Startup Nation, you know, the question to ask yourself maybe is, are you standing for helping your clients win? Or are you standing for you winning? Exactly. Right? Which is it? Because here's the thing. If you're standing for you winning, you're going to lose every time. <laughs> right? Because you're not going to be present to their listening, not be present to their story. You won't be able to be empathetic because you're focused in the mirror. Yep. Right? And if you're focused on them winning, you're going to help them win. You're going to contribute to them winning. And when they win, guess who wins? Exactly. You win. Right. And, and that's what, that's what we want. Alex, fantastic. What is the best, best advice you can drop on startup nation right now? Right. There's, you know, someone's listening right now and they're struggling. They have a great message. They're great character person. They really want to contribute to the world yet. They don't know how to get to that first 100 K and beyond you know, there's just roadblocks, there's struggles. What advice, one piece of advice do you want to say to them right now as they listen? My advice would be to look at, you know, in a very detailed manner, where are you actually failing? Many times we get tricked and we think that we're failing at delivering when we're actually failing on, you know, opening conversations uh, and opening the conversations, then we can you know, if, if we open enough conversations, those lead into business and those lead into, into delivering. But I see, I see a lot of people that um, they focus on the output, they focus on the um, kind of the, the deliverables of their services and things like that. Um, when I think the, the, what they're actually need to do is see how are you attracting attention? How are you attracting an expectation before you have even the first sale appointment, you know? Um, that's probably where most people are failing, um, uh, as a secondary is probably what goes after that. So are we, are you leading from that conversation into a close and from the close to a proper holding the hand in that client? So there are many different steps in our business approach from, from acquisition. And I don't want to get too, too technical, but from that first conversation, that first touch point, um, all the way into sending your, your invoice and the follow-up and the upsells and everything that happens. There's, you know, in the, in that channel of communication and different touch points, there are so many different things that might need a, a very strong tweak. And I think it takes a lot of honesty. It takes a lot of insight to take a step, maybe just take a day off from your business and analyze each of these touch points and each of these, these different exchanges and where are you actually failing or not failing, but where could you use an improvement? That's my maybe a more positive a way to frame the question. Where could you really use an improvement that will affect everything down the line from there? Love it. So one thing I'd like to add to this is that <clears throat> I think as entrepreneurs, one of the most common mistakes we make early on is we wear all the different hats because that's what society teaches us. Well, if you're a solopreneur, you got to do everything yourself, at least for the first year or two. And the more I speak with highly successful entrepreneurs, they go, no, that's a lie. That's the wrong advice. The right advice is find your superpower. What is your superpower? Meaning the one thing that nobody else can do quite like you, 
right? And it contributes the most value to get you where you want to go, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's the other important thing. So Alex, what would you say is your superpower in your business? My superpower uh, is thinking creatively and strategically about issues. Um, now that there's a difference between that and the task driven day to day things, which I'll be honest, I still do task, task, uh, you know, task based uh, things in the business. We're still not at a point where I can just sit on a high hill and just write books for all day. I can't do that yet in, in my growth uh, of the business. But um, the more I see myself being removed from the day to day, small little things that as one of my mentors says, uh, is under my pay grade the more I can focus on the ideological aspects of the business that drive everything else. So little by little, I've, I've uh, scaled, I've, my mentor likes to say, I, I've fired myself off of these jobs. You know, I fired myself off of graphic design. I no longer do graphic design. I have my graphic designer on staff, even though I have been doing design for over two decades. And that doesn't mean that the temptation goes away, right? No, it doesn't. You'll probably get tempted to be like, oh man, I want to mess with this graphic right here. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. The temptation goes in. and, uh, And what I do is I apply my skill in graphics to our direction for quality control, just to make sure that we are serving up that, you know, the highest standards, but I don't go out and open the programs and do it myself. Right, right. Um, So you stick to the strategic, you know, uh, direction of the graphics, of the design, of the project itself. So yeah, that's a fantastic superpower. Another way, um, you know, someone has shared with me is look at your business startup nation and ask yourself where, what are all the tasks that um, I could pay someone under a hundred dollars an hour to do? Right. What are all those tasks? And then find a way to negotiate barter, whatever, and give those tasks to other people. What are the tasks that you would have to pay someone $10,000 an hour for? Right. Those are your tasks as the owner. Yep. Right. And there may only be one or two. You surprise yourself. That's all you should stick to and then outsource the rest. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I do agree with that. I think the, the, the pushback you're going to get from most people is, well, I don't have the cash reserves to pay somebody at, at, at that point. Now, what I would respond to that is you would be surprised. Once you get this approach in place, you would be surprised on how flexible people out there looking for opportunities to help businesses mm-hmm. um, they're, they're open to flexible approaches all the time. Like, uh, yeah. you know, there's freelancer, there's part-time, there's commission, uh, you know, based all these things that you can actually talk to somebody honestly and say, here's where I'm at. Here's where you are at. Let's find a point where we can work together and let's start doing it. And it doesn't take, you know, uh, start starting to pay salary with benefits and all this thing off the bat. You're not there yet. Be honest with yourself. Just go to the level that you can. But as Joe was saying, um, you need to start with, um, with having this mindset in place. I, my vision, my approach is worth all of this. And the less I start, I spend doing the day-to-day things, the more I can spend on driving this ship and being the actual ideological head of my company. I agree completely. I have a friend of mine who's a very successful uh, speaker. A leadership speaker and comes into big corporations and gets paid a lot of money to do this. And he has hired so many darn people off of Fiverr 
com and paid pennies, literally pennies. Like, I'm like, how much, you know, for that sizzle video that you did? And he was like, oh, that cost me $35 on Fiverr. And I'm like, what? Like, it was a several thousand dollar video. And I'm like, $35. He's like, yeah, I just talk with people. He's yeah. like, here's what I'm looking to do, you know? And he gets them also to buy into what he's doing in the world, what he's up to. Yeah. And like, like Alex is saying, Startup Nation, you'd be surprised what people are willing to do if they really buy into your vision, mm-hmm. what they're willing to give and contribute to your success, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's simply asking. And in order to ask, you got to get rid of the excuses of yeah. why you can't, what's missing. Oh, I don't have the funding. I don't have this. You know, I think I, I say this all the time, Alex. People think this is the biggest lie in, uh, in small businesses, in my opinion. The number one reason why 80% or of small businesses fail is because of lack of funding. That's what they teach with the government agencies and all these small business health centers and everything. It's a lie. It's BS. How do I know this? Because I own two co-working spaces and I work with hundreds of entrepreneurs. You know what the number one reason why small businesses fail is? Isolation. It's isolation. It's people don't reach out to the person next to them and share what they're up to, mm. right? Or they work out of their home office because they're trying to save a nickel, mm. right? Instead of going to a co-working space, right? And I'm not promoting my business, mm-hmm. co-creative, see the name drop there, mm-hmm. right? I'm not promoting it. I'm saying, listen, you need to get out of your bubble and you're bouncing your ideas off the mirror. Mm-hmm. You lose objectivity there. Reach out to the world, put yourself at cause, at risk, and tell people, here's what I'm up to. I need help. Yep. Where are you at? Do you need help? Let's see if we can find that middle, which is exactly what Alex is saying. I think it's valuable information. Absolutely. Alex, what is one daily habit that has helped you to go from zero to 100K to where you're at now? The one daily habit, like I mentioned before, I come from a creative background, so I need to create something every single day. Now, this something, again, I'm not doing graphic designs or logo designs for clients. That's not what I'm talking about. But I need to do one creative task. It can be um, as, as simple as writing, just writing articles, writing something, putting out thought pieces. Um, I love the way I use social media, and this is kind of my dirty secret. I use it for social engineering. So I put out things just to see how people react. And I'm putting, out thing, you know, putting things out that are weird, that are quirky, that are probably attention grabbing. But what I'm looking for is not validation, but just seeing how things land on people. Because again, my profession is all about empathy. So I need to hear and, and see and just tangibly experience how my words and how different things uh, land on people. And in order to do that, I need to create, I need to think outside the box. I need to be constantly putting things out there and um, trying new approaches and even things that fail. But the more I output, the more I'm going to find my, uh, my, my kind of my sweet spot, my, my edge on what I'm doing. So that's something that I, I try to do every single day. I like that. It, it sounds like you're a little fire starter, right? You'd like to light these matches and just see how big does that fire go? Right. Exactly. And, uh, So it's social experimentation, which I think is great. But the bigger thing that I think is great in what Alex just said, uh, Startup Nation, is that he finds what's that daily thing that energizes him, that keeps him energized, that keeps him pushing towards the vision where he's headed, right? What is that, that daily thing for you? 
Is it, you got to do something creative? Is it music is your, your second passion, right? Like you play the piano, you play Bach like Alex does. What is that thing? Like for me, it's giving talks right on stage. And even if it's as small as going down to like a local, like we've had some youth groups at the church and, uh, I went into this one thing and they were like, I was like, how many people in your group? And I, I just kind of sponsored it. Right. I was like, don't worry about it. Just make a small donation. And, uh, they said oh, about 20 people and, you know, and they're all like 15 year olds. I was like, all right, great. I'll come down. No big deal. It was like 10 minutes away. I get there and there was four people showed up, <laughs> but you know what? I, that energized me for the next 30 days, giving that talk and yep. transforming the lives of those four people. Cause that's where my energy comes from. So yep. it wasn't about what I was getting from them. It was about what they were giving to me. Yep. So yep. what is that thing for you, fire nation? Okay. So Alex, what is your favorite website app or digital resource right now? Um, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, one thing we're using for communication that has transformed our staff, we have a staff of, of uh, uh, five, six people right now, um, is Slack. We use Slack for chatting, for collaboration, for just, you know, back and forth. And it's just made, we don't use email internally in our company. It's like forbidden. You, you shall not use email for emailing so it's us. The, it's the 11th commandment. It's the 11th commandment here at Yummy. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know my staff member. They all have email addresses. I don't, I wouldn't, I can't tell you because we do not use email. Now what about for clients? Clients, for clients. don't they expect emails? Yes. yes. For clients outside communication, everybody uses email and we okay. do that. Whenever we receive something in, in, uh, in email, our staff knows that they need to take that and put it into our channels. And we use uh, Asana, we use Slack and we use Dropbox. So the first thing people need to do is put it in one of those channels in within our process. We never send an attachment to each other. We never do any of that. So we, we try to work very efficiently, but I would say Slack out of all of them um, has been very, very um, game changing for us. So was it just slack.com? I haven't used that one. Yeah, I believe it's slack.com and you can open up a channel for free. They have a, a paid service um, where, you know, they, they give yeah, slack.com um, where, they can give you, you know, larger archives and things like that, but the free one is going to get you really far. That's awesome. So Alex, we're at my favorite part of the show, which is called the hustle round. The hustle round is where I ask you 12 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. Just the first thing that comes to you. Are you ready? I fail at these things all the time, but let's do it. Let's do it, baby. You're an entrepreneur. You're not scared of failing. <laughs> What's your favorite sound? My favorite sound, uh, gosh, the sound of the piano. Nice. What's your least favorite sound? My least favorite sound is the sound of my wife uh, when she is in pain or, or worried. I can't hear that voice. Got it. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be, well, after wanting to be underdog, uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to be a robotics engineer, which is like the opposite spectrum of what I do today. Cool. So just go buy yourself a cape and keep doing what you're doing. And you should be <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Alex, what are you most afraid of? I am most afraid of being unfaithful uh, to my wife and my family. Uh, that's Got my that. biggest fear. You know what? That was real. Thank you. What did you spend way too much time on time doing in your first year of business? You, uh, can, the, the question is, why did I spend way too much time on? 
Yeah. What did, what did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business? Um, I spent way too much time. I'll just say worrying. I spent too, way too much time paralyzed. That's what I spent much time on. You'd be surprised how much that answer shows up on this <laughs> show. It's interesting. What secret fear do you have about people? Um, secret fear about people. I think, um, uh, I still struggle with, uh, fear of treason of, you know, people misjudging me for one thing or another. Mm. Uh, I struggle with that because of been being burned in the past, but I recognize it's not something that I should live by or entertain too much. Yeah, I get that. That was like a big one for me. It was like false accusations. Exactly. Oh, that used to just rock my world, dude. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> right there. Uh, what do you wish you had learned sooner in business? I wish I would have learned sooner that, um, that everything is scalable. That, and, and what I mean by that is that things don't have to be your direct approach where you invest all your time into a task. There's, there's different ways to approach a problem. Um, and, and being a solopreneur, I had only one mode of operation. And, uh, and now I, I operate in a completely different manner. I get that. And what is a new habit that you want to form? A new habit that I want to form is I, as I scale my operation, I want to be in a mode where I create more products um, and products, meaning anything from education products to, uh, to platforms and a bunch of things that we have right now. Um, I, the, the, the goal for 2018 is to be in a constant uh, product development phase, even software products as well, uh, be constantly creating and developing products so we can solve different, different, uh, different problems. Yeah. And that's your superpower, right? Is that creative strategy behind that? So that's fantastic. What is a bad habit that you want to break? Hmm. The bad habit that I most want to break is, kind of referring to what we mentioned before is in those moments where I feel like being menaced or being misjudged, uh, my mind just locks up and starts putting a filter in the way I interpret interpret reality. And, um, and I need to stop that habit. I need to be, uh, uh, in a mode where I can think openly and clearly, no matter what type of outside stimuli I receive. I'll tell you what, if you're interested, ask me after the show. I have a program that I did. It was a three-day intensive weekend. It cleared up all that space for me. Oh, nice. Completely transformed my listening. So pick three words to describe who you are now. Who I am now, I am, um, I am a helper. I am uh, a father and I am a leader. That, those three uh, resume, uh, summarize what I am. Got it. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in business. Um, who I was, I was, um, I was, uh, how do you say it? Uh, I was not confident. Non-confident is probably a word. Um, I was afraid and, and I was insecure. And that's, that totally summarizes who I was. Yeah, I get that. Imagine uh, sometime in the distant future and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, I would say he, um, Alex was a, uh, was a helper of men um, and, uh, and a follower of, of God. And, and, um, and, he, and, and he lived truthfully. That's what, what I strive to, to be known for. That sounds like a good life to me.
<laughs> Very cool. And if you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? My piece of advice is always to ask why. Always ask why. I think the, the, the bad habits, the bad mental patterns is because we don't ask why. Got it. All right. You did an awesome job on the hustle round, my friends. Fantastic. Yeah, great job. So <laughs> before, before we sign off here, you have a new book that you're launching. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I have a copyright have here. For those, yeah, for those on, on, on video, my first book, Digital Bacon. Um, this is my second book, Bacon Digital, which is the same book in Spanish, but I wrote it myself. So I call it my second book. Uh, my new book that's about to be launched is Sell You Before You Sell. Um, what a great Brand. title. Great <laughs> title. I'll repeat it. Sell You Before You Sell. Uh, boost Your Brand, Close More Sales, and Win Your Game. A lot of what we've talked about today in this, in this interview, if you liked anything about this interview, you're probably going to love my book because it talks about how we need to close that first transaction before we close the second one. And the first transaction mm. is the transaction of you, the transaction of attention, who you are, what credibility and what authority you show up to your meetings and your new conversations. After you close that sale, then the next sale comes up, which is selling your services and your, project, uh, your products and things that you're representing. But the first sale you have to always close is to sell people on who you are. And that's, Man, what about. that's powerful. Okay. So where can uh, startup nation find these books? What's the best by, place? By the time this interview is out, uh, it'll be on sell you before you sell.com. But uh, for the time being, they can look it up on any bookstore. It's already on pre-order uh, by the state we're recording on Amazon, Barnes and Noble and every other marketplace. Guys, startup nation, get a, get your hands on this book. It's hot. It's, it's digital bacon on steroids, right? <laughs> sell you before you sell by Alex Rodriguez. You need this book. This is going to help you win in where you're headed in your vision. Alex, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? You can write me an email because again, in the outside world, we do respond to emails. Alex at Y mymarketing.com or you can go to about.me slash a-l-x-r-o-d-z again about.me slash a-l-x-r-o-d-z every social media link for me is right there go ahead and repeat the email one more time because one of the m's got cut out okay it's alex at ymymarketing.com that's ymm abbreviated for yummy yeah Dot com. Fantastic. YMMYmarketing.com. YMMYmarketing.com. There you go. Cool. Thanks for that. Okay, Alex, thank you for joining us today, and we wish you peace, love, and superpowers. Under, <laughs> thank you, underdog, brother. Alex. Underdog. <laughs> Think underdog. Head over to First 100K for even more tools, tactics, and tricks that you can use to go from A to 100K. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you at the top. Cheers.